Hello and welcome to episode 163 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Jorge Zavalos, the artist and writer of Wallbreakers from Snowy Works Comics, now out on Comicsology. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Jorge, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, how about we start off with a quick bio about yourself? Right. Uh, well, uh, and, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, basically, I'm just a writer and artist from New York. Um, I kind of got into comics uh, when I was very young, and I ended up going to uh, over here in New York, SVA, uh, School of Visual Arts. And there, I uh, kind of majored in cartooning and got to uh, be taught by uh, Klaus Jansen and uh, I guess a few other people, but mostly he's kind of like the, the big name at the time there. And um, yeah, I just ended up doing some illustration work after that, a few little projects here and there. And, um, and here we are uh, kind of releasing this book, this Wallbreakers book. So, yeah. All right. And how about just uh, before we go into the making of the comic, uh, how about right. a quick elevator pitch for, for Wallbreakers? Right. Uh, well, it's just uh, make a long story short. It's just uh, an average Joe who comes across uh, some sort of object of occult origin, and he accidentally unleashes uh, basically Armageddon on the city of New York. <laughs> so that's as quick as I can make it. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. This is a uh, so this uh, uh, looking at the book, it's kind of like a, a genre blend where you've got some action, mm-hmm. you've got some horror in there. Well, when you're writing a story, do yeah. you do you sort of think about all the elements you want to combine or do you do like story first, then the sort uh, of love and inspiration and genre comes afterwards? Uh, well, so specifically this one, this was a very, uh, very, very difficult uh, book that it put together because initially the idea was, you know, back in um, back when I was in college, I actually had drawn a short I don't want, you know, I guess we call it a silent comic, but, you know, a mm. comic without any dialogue. It was six pages in length and it was a similar type of scenario where it was this sort of, you know, creature coming out from a very simple creature coming off from a wall. And, you know, this guy kind of running away from these animals or whatever. And, and they were kind of more like a lizard looking originally. They looked like miniature Komodo dragons kind of looking initially. Um, but I, I decided like, I guess a couple years after um, I had done that, I was like, you know, I wanted that idea was stuck in my head and I wanted to do it. But I said, okay, but next time I want to do it and make it bigger, bolder um, and just do things that I thought were very difficult for me at that time. So the the intention in doing the book was to really push, um, you know, the, the, the level of, um, the artwork, the storytelling, I, I wanted to really actually make it as difficult as possible at that time. That was the whole point of the book. And it, it was really, really painful to make that book because it was taking my ability at the time and just kind of like intentionally and maybe forcefully, you know, pushing it to whole new different levels. And, and it was a humbling experience. It really destroyed my ego. As I think, as I think, you know, uh, comics tend to do because you realize Mm -hmm. when you're doing it, like, wow, I don't know how to draw basically everything. 
and you, you know it's it's it that it does it crushes your ego because you're like i mean you write it and you're like okay how am i gonna do this and then um and it kind of it just kind of took off from there and it, it it went from like being 12 pages to like 15 and it was like okay let's just do it actually 22 and then when i met the publisher i added another two pages to it so it it kind of just went on and not to mention and you guys don't know this but as I was drawing the book, you know, I was taking it around whenever I could to conventions to show it to professionals. And I got a lot of good feedback. Like I showed it to uh, Louise and Walt Simonson. They wow. loved it. Yeah, I showed it to, uh, you know, the, the artists that I liked, you know, uh, John Paul Leon. He was the one that told me to ink it because I nice. showed him. Uh, yeah, I showed him the pages and he was like, so what are you going to do with it? I was like. I mean, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it like, well, you, you got to ink it. I was like, oh, I got to, you know, because I didn't intend to ink it. You know, it was just like, I really? just drew it. Yeah, I just drew it. And he was like, that's why he was so detailed because like, well, I'm not going to ink it. And then John Paul, I was like, well, you have to ink it. Like, oh, I got to ink it now. And, um, and a lot of it too, um, I, it, it was, it was just really, really difficult, but I, I showed it around and Eric Larson was another one. He, he Eric Larson told me, He's like, you know, you got to simplify this. You know that, right? Like if you're trying to make a deadline <laughs> and he's right, you know, he's right. But I, I showed it to him. Um, Neil, Neil Adams was like really funny too. But anyway, but it was, it was fun. Just like kind of showing it around and it, it was actually a lot of fun. So um, anyway, I think I went a little longer than that, but <laughs> go ahead. What's the next no. thing? That's really cool. No, it's always Matt and I always like to say we like to set people up and just let them go because right. that's, that's that's sort of where the best information comes from. Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, but that was the, that was initially the, the, the point of the book was just like I really felt like, you know, uh, I just wanted to do something difficult. And the influences that went into it was like and, and in a way, that's kind of what what made the book sort of um, it. it it's not it's it is a comic book, but it has this sort of like storyboard cinematic parts to it. You know, there, yeah. there are panels that are very like cinematic. And because I was thinking about I want to make something that is thinking like I'm thinking of like a movie like, you know, Die Hard 3 or, you know, with the car scenes or the French Connection, you know, something like that or the situational action like a Jackie Chan would be like a police story, you know, which I, which I love, you know, um, and just taking that or, or, you know, something that I wanted to make something aggressive in, in, in terms of cinema, but then also thinking about in terms of comics, like heavy metal magazine, yeah. uh, mo you know, you can see some of that, the Mobius kind of thing and heavy metal and, you know, and also maybe you couldn't catch it. I have a huge love for the EC comics, you know, Johnny Craig, Jack Davis, you know, those guys that do like almost the entire book with the brush. So I inked like 95% of that book, except for the lettering in brush. So even like the straight lines, like the buildings and stuff. Wow. That was with a brush and, and it was insanely difficult <laughs> to do that. But I wanted to learn to control like a brush, but, but, you know, so to such a degree where you can even do straight lines um, and, and I also think like uh, my pencils, it was I, I just couldn't see the, the, the original pages inked with any other tool besides mostly brush because of just the, 
the the sort of dryness, the 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 way that I draw, the lines are not crisp. They're kind of like uh, softer edged. So I just felt like the the brush is the way to go. But I, I really love those old uh, EC guys. And um, and one more thing, I'm just gonna say because I totally forgot about this, was that uh, the really the the thing that got the ball rolling in my head to do this because I did even the lettering, right? So the entire book, like the lettering, the writing, penciling, the inking, everything with the brush, old school. Like I, I, I wanted to make like a real comic book, like, because I'm not a, I'm not, you know, Photoshop is great, but I just feel like the, the over-reliance on it, you know, I need to see the, the hands of the artist, like, on the page like the art i have to see it because even if it's like kind of crooked and kind of like a little off you know i just love that you know yeah. when i see like the, the the hand but well really the obsession to do this book it really started because uh you know as a kid i remember i went to a comic shop and you know it's closed down i had a neighborhood a neighborhood comic shop up here but and I picked up, I used to always go to the back issues because for some reason, like I very, I used to buy the stuff that was coming out at that time. So we're, we're going way back. So we're talking like maybe late nineties or two thousand. So we had like the Ed McGinnis Deadpool there and oh, it was nice. spawn, yeah, right, they were spawned there. And I picked those up, the Mike Wieringo Spider-Man, by the way, I love like at that time, Mike Wieringo Spider-Man, you know, those are the books, the Marvel stuff. I was like more of a Marvel guy, but for some reason, I spend more time in the back issues because to me, that stuff just looked uh, at the time I couldn't articulate it, but it seemed very foreign to me because the style was so, it wasn't so like, what's the word? It wasn't so like loud. It was more about the storytelling, more controlled. And like, you know, they didn't, you know, really break panels and stuff like that. So like, I remember going back and looking at like, you know, Steve Yitko Spider-Man reprints and I thought it was like so weird. Like, this is weird. Like the, the Spider-Man looks really weird. And it's all grid panels, you know? Yeah. Um, but but that for some reason that called to me, or like a Gene Colin or John Romita Sr. I used to pick a lot of those reprints. And I just liked the older guys. I appreciated what was out at the time, but even today, like I just grab I, I feel like there are artists that um that are very good artists. Like I noticed that there are artists that are like, you know, can render something totally lifelike, but for some reason, there's only certain artists that I tend to revisit and, and I could put them on my hand. I could say, uh, Joe Kubert is a big one. And, uh, that, that's, that's actually what made me do this book in its entirety because I picked up those tour comics he did from Epic like years ago, like in the nineties. And I was just amazed that, you know, this one guy drew and ink and lettered, and I think even colored like the whole book. And I was like, that's a comic book. Like that is the thing. It's like yeah. one guy and he did everything. And to this day, I have those like tour comics. So that was like the thing that really kept the enthusiasm going was those tour comics. Just like, I'm like, oh my God. You know, and, and it's weird because you look at Joe Kubert and his artwork is so... It's so like it has a signature to it, but like I said, I, there's so many more different artists that can draw more realistically than him. But to me, the older I got, 
I really appreciate it. He's kind of like that rest assured mechanic. Like he knows how to construct the comic. He's all about the storytelling, composition, where you put the dialogue. It's all there, you know. And and to me, I keep revisiting his work or like a Jack Kirby. Um, or, you know, I'm sure I'm like forgetting, but, you know, uh, uh, you know, of course I mentioned Johnny Craig, uh, but there are certain people, uh, Bernie Krigstein for sure. I like yeah. his stuff. Yeah. You know, stuff like that is just solid, you know, storytelling artists, solid, solid, solid. So that's what I lean towards, you know, that, that I tend to revisit. Of course I can look at everything. I can look at manga, but yeah, um, I was going to ask you about that. Cause you're, you're, how you approach this book sounds an awful lot like a manga artist. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I mean, they, that's sort of, that's like, it's sort of weird around here to have a writer, like, you know, to have the writer and artist be the same person, you know, like oh, it, it happens, right. but it's very rare. Whereas in Japan, it's rare that it's not the writer right. and artist aren't the same person. Right. You know? It, yeah. It's, um. I mean, I think I, I did it really just because, you know, honestly, I, I did it because I just wanted to make a book that if I saw on the newsstand, I would buy it. Exactly. That's that was, that's really what I wanted. Like I wanted, because there was nothing that was like that. I mean, I, I, I like like the EC stuff. I really love that. It blew me, a, blew me away the other day. Like I went into like a Strand bookstore and they had those like big, you know, reprints, hardcover. And I'm flipping through it. And I saw some pages like that. Krigstein had inked. And I have to learn to relax because those lines are so heavy, like mm. heavy slashing lines. Like he's drawing like, you know, some uh, dog fight, some World War II dog fight. And I'm looking at that. I'm like, I need to relax. I really need to relax because it's so like confident. You can tell like he's not he's not trying to be tight. You know, he's like almost painting it in a way. It's 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 like. I look at that and I'm like, I have to chill out because I'm so stuck in the whole, like, you know, you look at the modern stuff and it's, everything is like micron pens. And, you know, it's like super, super tight, but the, it, it, there's something really like, um, what is the word I'm looking for about that older work? It, it, it's confident, but it's also very, um, it's like tactile, you know, like, yeah, it, like it's, you feel the, you feel the craftsmanship almost. Yeah, and, and I also think like something about in comics or it was more a blue collar kind of industry where guys, we got to get paid. We're going to get paid for the page. We got to hit a deadline. Uh, let's crank these out. Of course, you know, let's not butcher it, but let's not like be a little pris too pristy with it. It's like, mm. We let's hammer it. We that's as a matter of fact, that's why they I think they use those. I'm talking and I bought one myself, number five brush, because you gotta, you know, you gotta fill the space, right? So right. get that thick ass brush, right? And you put it in the ink and you just smash mm-hmm. thick, heavy lines. And I realize it actually takes practice to relax because you have to realize like you know when you draw with a pencil you're only going to get so thick of a line so when you get go in there with that brush you got to like ease up like yes it's going to look different but it's going to look heavy and like you know really heavy thick blacks thick and it's razor sharp lines and you know and it's just like beautiful you know but you got to kind of like not care too much about what you're doing you got to care but like 
you know, just relax. Still do the job and, you know, uh, but yeah. So, <laughs> and like you said, when you, when you have a, a story that you want to tell and it yeah. comes from that deep, you know, that, that deeply like perfect place of, yeah. I want to see this comic on a right. shelf. Yeah. I'm sure that the inspiration and the, like that passion feeds the skill you know, and, yeah. uh, and the craft that you, that you have with the comic. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, um, yeah, I did. And, and it's, uh, it, because you need that to, to carry, you need that to continue to give you that energy, that enthusiasm, because like we mentioned before, it's, it's so solitary. I mean, you literally have to kind of go on your own and just concentrate and do your thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it, and I, that's why I like this, kind of conversation we're having because like I said before it's like you know that's one thing that I miss about school about the class I had back in SBA which is like they would give us an assignment we had we had to you know this is kind of back in the day we would have one week to no we had two weeks and at the end of two weeks we had to have three pages pencil right not even eight you know because we're you know we're young you know we don't know anything so so so, but at the end of that, you know, when it was time to everybody put their, it's kind of cool. Everybody just up on the walls, and then one by one, you know, people would be like, "Okay, so who wants to start with the with the critiques?" And that was the best part because now you're getting direct verbal feedback for your work, and that's the best way I think to really learn because, and that's why I really miss that part. You know, that kind of open dialogue about. You know, maybe you could have done it this way, maybe that way, whatever, right? So I really miss that. And um, and, and I never got that back, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so now, you, you know, now you just do comments and it goes away. You never hear anything. I mean, rarely. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think about that a lot too. I didn't, I didn't go to a four-year for art school. I just did uh, my associates in a two-year just at a community college. And mm-hmm. what few art classes I took, I... I had some jerkwad professors, obviously, who, who did not know how to run critiques, um, who, who decided, who had, who had fun turning the students on each other, mainly one, one professor like uh, that. Um, but I, uh-huh. I had, but for the most part, no, I, I loved that. That really got me into thinking about art and trying to find a way to really communicate it. Right. And you know how I feel about it as well. Right. Um, and yeah, I, I agree because it's it's definitely the iron sharpening iron in that moment, you know, where yeah, if you keep it civil and not insulting, it, it really goes well. Right. It, uh, is Noah there? Yeah. Is is oh, can it, you hear me? He's quiet. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. No, uh, this is Noah, right? Is it this Noah is Noah Matthew? talking. Okay. Where's Matthew? Yeah, I'm I'm still here. I, I I'm uh, I'm here. I'm oh, listening. You're, I'm taking you're everything in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, sorry, Matt, no, if I'm taking up all the space. No, 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 no. It's, it's cool. No, no, no. You guys are great. You, it's uh, it's the two artists uh, but, but, talking. But let me ask it, you so. this. It's uh, oh, okay. No, but, but let me ask you this because I I know what you mean about the the criticism. But you know, honestly, like, you, you ever heard of that movie uh, Whiplash? You mm-hmm. that movie? Okay. So that movie is kind of funny because it, it it polarizes people. It's like. It's about it's just about like a you know teacher and he's like really like almost like a in you know some people say he's like he was too harsh on this student like dude it was like insane he's a you know freaking madman right but I remember you know in in college uh, I learned a lot. there was one teacher I had who was not even into comics he was a, he was an oil painter right oil painting teacher name was David 
And uh, this guy, he was the most intense teacher I've, I've ever known. Because, and he was so into his oil painting. Like, he was, like, serious. Like, you know, this is not a game. This is for real. And I remember one time I was, like, in a class, and I, he could, you know, I was young. I was, like, talking. Uh, talking about, like, oh, stupid thing. And he saw me, and I wasn't, like, focusing on, you know, he'd make us painting, like, a, a freaking glass with flowers or something. And he took a roll. <laughs> he took a newspaper, rolled it up. He was like, Jorge, bah! just hit me over the head with it. <laughs> what are you doing? I was wow. like, what? what? Pay attention to the thing. I said, I was like, oh yeah. But then, but then you know what? Listen, I I didn't have. A, he made a girl cry one time, more than once. But the point is, was that it's like I understood and I respected him because whenever I had a question, like how do you draw that? How do you paint that glass? Like how? And then he would like in seconds, he, he would show me, bro. Wow. And you do it like that. I go, oh. And at the end of the class, at like at the end of that class. Like we we all he picked certain students and and he took like certain like a few of us out to dinner and he was like a totally different guy like the whole time he was like just drilling us and then like that last day it was like it was like a nice guy because I understood and maybe that's why you know a lot of people maybe disliked me in college because I took comics like so serious like almost mm -hmm. deadly serious like it was like I'm not here to mess around. I want to learn as much as I can. And that's it. Like, you know, I really, it, because I knew like, you know, how good are you going to get in like four years? I mean, you know, so, and I knew that and that kind of saddens me, like, because <laughs> I knew like I could push myself as long as I can. So, uh, and I don't know if you guys ever like uh, try to show your work to um, like the you know the bigger companies like DC or Marvel and stuff like that. in New York you know we're talking like way back when the companies were here in New York um, but I remember uh, just a quick little story I remember going to the you, you guys know the New York Comic Con that they would have at the Jacob Javits right like the the big one mm -hmm. and uh, and one year it was like the I think it was the first year CB Sobolski was there and it was so empty. Like it was the brand new, it was like a totally thing, new thing. Right. This was like the, before that conventions were in the basements of churches. I would go there like basements of churches. And then it would be like, Oh, we're going to have uh, John Armita Jr. And, and, you know, Jim Lee, and, Oh, you know, I'm like a kid. Wow. John Armita Jr. Wow. Jim Lee. So cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but, and, and he saw my stuff and, you know, he could see that I had like potential but I wasn't cooked, you know, I wasn't cooked. There's potential there, but it wasn't really cooked. And I was like all sad, like, oh God, Marvel didn't take me You know, cause, <laughs> cause you're so like Marvel, like, oh, I want to draw Spider-Man. Um, but, uh, but, th but that's kind of the thing about comics and maybe Noah, like, you know about that. It's like, to me, like comics is so hard to do and it really annihilates, at least for me, the ego because again it's like you as good as you think you are it's like well you have to draw you have to have a story set in the 1930s in chicago so you got to draw the freaking cars you got to draw the style you got to draw the, the sidewalk the freaking fire hydrant has to look like it's from the 1930s so but luckily thank god we have google so you can just like you know what does it look like, does it look like? um so we got that you know going for us but um it, it is really hard and uh, but Matt, uh, uh, you you're the writer, right? Like you're more of a writer. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's my main uh, my main focus. I, I I like to think that I can draw, but uh, most of the time <laughs> is spent uh, on writing. Um, right. Yeah, so that's that's my angle. So sort of to 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 go into to the writing aspect of it, uh, you said that you had started off, and this was a sort of like a you had like a, a six pager, which was more of like the 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 action in the in the monster chase. Right. So it seems to me reading this that you sort of. Um, did a little bit of world building at the front um, to sort of give us, uh, you know, the, the feeling of the world, um, right. a little bit about the character. And so right. was that the case that like, you know, you sort of had the six page action sequence, but you said, you know, to make this a little bit bigger, you were like, I need to drop in a little bit of story here at the beginning. Yes. So is that how you handled that? Yes, because because um, even though like the first original and the, and the, by the way, the art style, I wish I could find those pages, but I just remember them being so different. The original six, it, it kind of looked like I was mimicking John and Rita Jr. in a way. It was like a John and Rita Jr. mixed with like some kind of weird cowboy bebop kind of thing going on. It was kind of <laughs> weird, a hybrid thing. And this one, I said, okay, I, it needs to have more personality. And, and, I, and this is when I kind of, you know, I feel like with comics, I was, uh, uh, the appreciation for comics went, the older I got, it went from just the art to, okay, the art and then the visual storytelling, which is a whole other thing, you know, composing panel per panel, how you cut the page, how many panels per pages do we need, five can we use four instead of, you know, instead of five, you know, and really, you know, pacing yourself is, is a, that's a whole, I call it like the secret art where it's like, that's really the, the crux of big part of comics is the page, the compositions within each panel, how you slice that page up. So I went from the art, just the art to the mechanics, which is how we cut the visual storytelling to the dialogue. So it went from the superficial to the internal, to like the, almost the soul of something, the spirit. It's like the essence of the story. It, it, I kind of went that route. So I, I, I gained an appreciation more for the, especially nowadays, more for writing more than the art. Because I feel with the art, you know, you can, you can kind of fix that. You can kind of go around it or, you know, tweak it adjust it you know uh you can kind of fix that but the but the writing is really important you know the 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 dialogue how much to put when to cut out and, and by the way just to say briefly i'm reading some of that stuff that i wrote and if i were to do it all over again i would cut out certain things like you know i could have maybe i didn't even have to do any swearing there i couldn't have to say that there you know like i didn't have to curse here I didn't have to say you know, so I could kind of do that because, um, uh, but I really appreciate the, the writing, especially now, but, um, but yeah, so it, it kind of went like that. So I, I needed, I knew I needed to add, uh, the writing was going to give the work more personality. And that's why, like, I decided to, to you know, write it down, uh, you know, like a, a little script and put it in there. So so as the, the writer and the artist, are yeah. you doing sort of like really detailed scripts or are you sort of doing maybe like a, like almost like a Marvel method where you're like, I want this to be accomplished on this page right. and this is sort of my midpoint and you're sort right. of in the page figuring out how, how, do you, how do you handle that as the writer slash artist? Uh, well, I've, I have worked with scripts before where uh, it would be with like a, a writer and they would have a script where they would literally tell you 
okay, panel one, panel two, panel three, panel four, it would, it would break it down by panels. And I noticed a lot of times when I did it that way, when I would work with somebody else, the way they saw the, the, the most writers, not all, but a lot of writers, they kind of write the dialogue and they kind of like, they don't, they cannot visualize necessarily. They can write the dialogue, but they don't have the visualization because, you know, I would notice in the scripts, you know, they would use up six panels where I could tell that same story in three, in half. So you have more of the art and we can put the dialogue in such a way that it includes all everything that was said, but you didn't need six panels. So it's just the mindset is kind of different sometimes. And, and the same way when I would work with, like when I used to do storyboards, I would work with like these, I guess, directors. And it was amazing to me how many directors actually do not have a visual sense. It's like, how can you be a director? And you don't know what the hell the movie looks like. I, like it doesn't make sense to me, but you'd be surprised like how many. It's like, I'm a director. Uh, and then they hire a storyboard. Okay, make the movie for me. It's like, no, you make the movie. You're the director. You know, yeah. you're supposed to tell me what you want. There are some directors like, for sure, our visual, you know, Ridley Scott, Spielberg, Sam Mendes, you know, guys like that, they, they have the eye. I can see it in their movies. They know exactly what they want, where and how and everything. Um, so the way I wrote it was actually like a movie script. I just wrote uh, interior, exterior, the dialogue. That's it. That's all. I wrote it like a script. And when I, when I was reading it like a script, I could see, okay, um, I could put four panels on this page or and, and so and I can adjust it better if I just it, it frees me up because if I if I write down panel per panel it just it's too rigid for me you know um, because I can read the whole script in in my head I can just I just know like okay I, I can sort of pace myself a little bit better and then maybe include a page or remove a page so it's more flexible so I don't know if that's you know the Marvel method I think it's like much more almost too vague because they would just give you, isn't it right? Like maybe like a little, like a, you know, like a little paragraph, a little synopsis. And then you, some magically you have to like make that little synopsis to like 22, 24 pages or something. Isn't that right? Yeah. Isn't that like the Marvel method? That's almost too much uh, space, you know, but um, yeah. So I, like, I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, was, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, 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 you can keep going with your thought. No, no, go ahead. Go. I want to hear it. Yeah. So I was wondering, like at the like one of the pay, one of the things I really like about the comic is the uh, katana yes. in there, and you sort of set that up from the beginning. Yes, and like you sort of have it in the background or in the foreground and silhouette and things like that. Yes, is like is that sort of something that's in the script at that stage where you're like, okay, this is how the shots framed, so that this is foreshadowed mm -hmm. for this moment, or is that something where you're like, you get to the page and you're like, hey, I need to foreshadow this. How am I? What if I put it in right here? Yeah, th uh, that happened. Um, yeah, that happened in uh, when I wrote it in the script. It was just written. Uh, it, I didn't mention uh, that that there was a katana in the background. I didn't mention that. Hmm. You know, it, because that is that's where the the visual storytelling part. You know, I I put it there because as you know, you know when you draw comics, like if you're gonna use a prop you kind of need to at least show it before the character uses the prop. Otherwise, it just magically, poof, it just appears from one panel to the next. And that's very jarring. And even if it's like on a subconscious level, because again, this is like 
it's interesting talking to you because there's a lot of comic book readers that don't realize these are kind of the mechanics that go into telling a proper solid story is that there is such a thing as visual storytelling and it's kind of like this invisible kind of language that you kind of have to know so things like that like setting up props no matter how small minuscule whatever if if it's if it's you know that was pivotal to the story because the katana was used to slash one of those hideous looking creatures in half so so it wasn't like just put there you know just to be there no the character was going to use it in a in a panel and slice that thing into so it was integral to that you know the the story in a sense so i had to kind of set it up even if it was in the foreground in shadow you know but but even i think in that panel even though it's in shadow it's pretty noticeable i mean you could see the handle and everything so it was put in such a way that it's like you you, you can't miss it i mean there it is you know <laughs> so yeah Chekhov's um, katana right right so but yeah yeah so that's kind of how i came about that part yeah, that's pretty cool because sometimes me as a writer, like, you know, uh, you know, somebody might have a an item or a weapon that's going to come into play yeah. in like two or three pages. But when I introduce that character, you know, I might say, make sure this person has, a, you know, a pistol uh, holster to their hip because they're going to pull it out in, you know, three pages because you don't want to you don't want to have your artist draw that guy without a gun and then three pages later he he has, he a, has gun, a gun so, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah it, it's it's jarring because now the readers are gonna be like where the hell did this thing come from you know so it's got to be there even if it's like subtle you know it has to be there you know it doesn't have to be in your face because i noticed that's another thing that i notice some uh, comic book artists do it's like they kind of put something too in your face or they use like dutch angles for nothing like a dutch angle for a character you know tying a shoe or something like you don't need you know dutch angle for everything i think that's a symptom of the sort of like how to draw comics in marvel way where people are like yeah you just tilt it and it makes it exciting it's like well not everything has to be exciting all the time you know you could be subtle and draw something in a beautiful way and it's just as enticing and it's not exciting because it's beautiful. It's like, uh, you know, you're taking something that is mundane, a character eating spaghetti or something. The way you draw that hand with the fork, with the spaghetti strands coming off of the fork, if you draw it in such a way that is actually kind of aesthetic, then something as mundane as that, you're going to be looking at that panel like, wow, look at that spaghetti. Look at that fork. You know, it's just beautiful. So you know, there's, you, you don't have to kind of like blast people in the face all the time with speed lines and you know, all this. Kind of, not always, not always, you know, you, you got to play like music, you know, you play it, you play, it. You, you, you go a little softer here, you get louder here, you know, you adjust, you play, it's like music, you know, so, but yeah. So I, I always like to say that, like, like I, I read how to draw comics the marvel way when right. i found out i wanted to be a comic artist yeah me too and yeah. then i read Watchmen, right and that breaks dave gibbons breaks all the marvel comic oh, yeah. rules yeah. in that book he never <laughs> he never draws anything the way they say to draw it right in 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 the in how to draw comics the marvel way so like those two are such important books to look at 
yeah want to be an artist like a comic artist yeah and and and, uh and 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 i know it's like i know i understand like a lot of it has to do with you know i guess you know art i mean it is subjective i mean there's people that there's stuff that people love that i'm like ah, I, don't, I don't really get it but um like let's say you brought a watchman like you know i it's funny watchman i for several years i actually tried to read that book like i i one year i tried I was like, I cannot read this thing. And then like four years later, I'll pick it up. I'll buy it again. And I don't know. I, don't, I just don't get it. And then like another four years pass. And then I, okay, this, I'm going to read it now. So then I, I read it and I read it. And there are moments where it's like, I, I think it's like really, it's really, in, I'm into it. And then there's like these long spans where I'm like, this feels like, chore or something to read it <laughs> and yeah it, it felt and when it gets like that and i was like okay this is i don't like this the fact that i'm like i'm forcing myself to complete it i did complete it by the way but at the end of it i it is well written it is excellently drawn but for some reason i do not want to revisit that and 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 i don't and but i think it's a well it's a masterpiece a little pretentious for me but it's a masterpiece uh, and actually, uh, out of those books, and like, you know, they usually put that and like the Dark Knight is like the, you know, they're like the pillars, you know, the great graphic novels. I, I prefer the Dark Knight a lot more. Um, but at the same time, that took me a couple of years to get over that, too, just because when I first picked it up when I was younger, I was like, oh, my God, this artwork is hideous. <laughs> but 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 then as I got older, I realized that actually, yes, it's hideous, but it well, it's not I me. Mean, it has its thing. It's beauty. It's own beauty. But it's uh, it, it works with the story. You know, it, like you don't want a story like that with like Garcia Lopez drawing. I mean, it's just not going to work, you know, because it's like this, you know, beautiful drawings of that. Everything is perfect. And then you have this like, you know, dark kind of story and it's great. It doesn't work. It, it just doesn't match. The styles don't they clash. But with the art, it matches the story. And I think that book, I, I really I enjoy that book. Um, so, you know, but again, it's like, it, it, it's all subjective, I guess, but yeah, even though your opinion is wrong, uh, I'll <laughs> let you have your, I'll let you have your opinion about Watchmen. Um, uh, no, but no, you're right though. It is, it is something, it is something that's like, it's just sort of cool to, uh, it's always cool to sort of see how people, you know, show their preferences, like, you know, either through comics or like, you know, look in their, in their style, but, right. and they sort of show their preference and how they break convention or break convention or sort of uh, adhere to convention in well, comics. Let me, well, let me ask. But there are no rules though. You right. Know? But let me yeah. ask. So, so uh, why, uh, let me know, why do you, what is it uh, about watching that you like? Oh, I've got several podcast episodes on oh, this do? show that you can listen to <laughs> and listen. Uh, we can talk, you can, uh, right. but uh, in short, I think it's, uh, I think part of the reason why that it is so good is it's sort of the reason why Dark Knight works so well too, is that it's at the forefront of it. It doesn't matter how it's drawn. It's such a compelling story, you know, and for me it is. Right. And uh, that's something that's interesting Like we sort of, you were talking, you touched about this earlier that it, it sort of, it, it, it kind of in the end doesn't like, you know, if, if the story is there and the love for, and the, re, and the, the, the deep desire 
uh, to tell this story and to want to see this story be told is there. Um, the art almost doesn't matter, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it, it's sort of, it, it needs to be, it, it, it needs to be something that you really want to tell and that you're not forcing yourself to tell. Right. Um, yeah. Or it's just, you know, like, yeah. So it's, uh, it does matter though, of course, in Watchmen that because Dave Gibbons, every panel he draws is perfect. Right. And same with like, same with the Dark Knight Returns. That's right. my opinion, at least. Right. Uh, but it is something where it's like, it's, uh, there's just so much care put into that story and it, it comes from a deep, you can tell a deep love or at least yeah. a deep, deep. I can tell. Yeah. A, a craft, like right. a pride in the craft, you know. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, I, I can yeah. tell that they, they really loved superheroes and it, and you know i understood what it was it was a deconstruction i get it and and at the time that it was released i'm sure it made a splash because there was nothing like that you know around so i i get that part and i get why it's so important and i get why it's so iconic however you know uh uh i cannot I have no desire to, re to revisit that. And there, there are movies, really by the way, there, there are movies, by the way, like movies that are like these award-winning, you know, great films. And then I'm just like, okay, I get it. It's well-directed. It's everything is, you know, perfect, but uh, I don't, uh, I don't want to revisit that, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get that. I get that completely. Yeah. 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 yeah um, or it's sort of funny, you know, you said around there, you don't really have good comics conversations. Uh, yeah. Around here, I can maybe get some good ones at the comic book store, but I can never get a good one going about Watchmen. So I have to come on really? the show to talk about how great Watchmen is. So so you um, just meet people that like hate on it or something? Or? <laughs> it's sort of weird. Like at my, at my, at my local comic shop, they, uh, no one who comes in, I'm like the one right. person who comes in that's a Watchmen fan. Really? Yeah. So like, wow. I caught one of my friends uh, huh. trying to turn a guy like a guy off on Watchmen <laughs> while I was there, like who works at the store. What? I was like, I was, what the? and yeah. the guy was like, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to buy Watchmen. Yeah. And, uh, he's like, yeah. Read it. Do you like Watchmen? And then, and my friend Chris was like, nah, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> that kind of thing. And like, like the, the the guy who owns the shop there's two so he's like yeah i don't really think it's that great and i was like <laughs> what are you talking about wow one of the really? seminal graphic novels you at least right. need to read it once yeah you yeah. should read it no yeah. yes yes yeah. read it make your own opinion yeah for sure yeah um, um yeah it's uh yeah but no it's um it, it's but i do like I, I do genuinely like you said sort of like the critiques i do like hearing the reasons why people yeah dislike things and yes. like things it's fun it makes yeah. it fun I, I i love that i i really wish i had more of that um because i'm open to every uh criticism it, you know if you can explain yourself then i'm fine with that exactly. just tell me tell me because i want to understand you you know tell me why you dislike it why you like i want to know so i can understand um but yeah so it, it's fun i wish he had more of that I really do I don't know what I have to figure something out because I need more of that in my life, but I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Um, yeah. So uh, go ahead. I, I went off there. <laughs> oh no, that's uh, that's uh, every every three episodes. Uh, Noah takes us down the uh, the Watchmen tangent. So <laughs> down the totally, Watchmen. Totally, totally. <laughs> okay, so this is a thing. This is yeah. like a thing that happens. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But let so. me ask you this, uh, uh, Noah. Um, do, let Let me ask you. Uh, do you have any artists that uh you really sort of like i said before the certain artists that you revisit 
on a consistent basis, you know? Um, I think Frank Miller's a big one. Like, you know, that, that, that's the one that I, I always go back to. And I think back to, as a kid, I, I, I think the, um, you know, it's sort of, it's interesting to see him go from that sort of Cubert style, mm-hmm. you know, like his like Vermita Cubert, right. uh, you know, that, that style and then like evolve into, you know, like throughout Daredevil evolve into the Frank Miller we see in Dark Knight Returns or in Ronin. Right. And then it like, then it just kept evolving and it like, it it was like, you know, it's devolving. Then then, like eventually kind of devolved, but I mean, at the same time, I still respect. Right. But again, like it's preference because I know a lot of people who do love. They like the, the, like the caricature style that you got into. Yeah. And, uh, and I think like, I still like Matt and I sort of talk about how we're always sort of in for it. Like we're always along for the ride with Frank Miller. Right. Cause we're always yeah. interested to see what bizarre what turn he's going to go next. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often say that, uh, you know, I'll get like a strange look from the, the, the folks at the shop and they're like, you know, I'm like, I, I know, I know it's going to be a train wreck, but I'm, I'm but here because right. I'm here because I, I just have to see where, where this train wreck's going. Yeah, because right. you right. might get because you might get a holy terror where it's really <laughs> offensive train wreck, or you might get an all star Batman and Robin where it's such a bizarre train wreck. You, or you Dark know, Knight Strikes Again. <laughs> you know what? It's it's funny that you mentioned those books. Dark Knight Strikes Again. I remember picking that up and I just didn't get it. Like, but I was really young and I didn't get it. Holy Terror. I heard about it, but I never uh, picked it up. I uh, never got my hands on it, and the All Star. I have heard it was terrible, but I never got my hands on it. So it's I got don't a great know. Jim Lee artwork, but it's right. very bizarre. Right, and yeah. but but Matt. Um, so as a as a writer, I mean, do you look at like cinema and films and stuff like that to, to inspire you? Like a movie guy, you watch. Uh, you know, I I am not as much as as Noah is. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I. I you know, everything I read or, or watch, I do try to dis- dissect. Um, mm-hmm. I really like, uh, you know, I, I read a lot of like detective fiction, but yes. most of the stuff that I write is mm-hmm. sort of like has like a sci-fi sort right. of horror bend to it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like uh, I really like sort of like for, for writing, I really like uh, Jonathan Hickman's stuff. Just mm-hmm. uh, so that that's a big inspiration for me, just sort of the world building um, right. the the crazy concepts but then you know uh, you know in, in a strange way uh Hick, you could kind of look at hickman like like frank miller because sometimes uh if he doesn't stick the landing which he he does it, it could it, it appears to be that it's going to be this train wreck and then sometimes he, he he sticks the landing and you're like oh that thing that he was doing here all of those issues ago makes sense now but uh it it, it it, it, so I could see a little bit of that there as well. Right. So I guess then, because you mentioned, so Noah, you're, you're like the, the movie buff. Like you, you yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so let me ask you this. Cause I, I love to, that's why I like to, I'm, you know, asking you guys questions because I kind of want to. You're great. No, this is great. We like, yeah, we like being asked questions just as much as we like asking them. It's great. Right, cause I, I want to get into the, you know, cause you can learn from people the, their, you know, you get a taste, you get a sense of their taste, their psychology by what it is that they like you know you get a Mm. a sense of them in a way but um so no let me ask uh what's give me like a a a recent film that you thought was 
well done you know oh, yeah like yeah. a recent film that came yeah. out recently yeah i know it's hard yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know it's hard but you know i can think of one and it, it, it came out a while ago but i can think of the most recent one but which one let me which know. one was it for you to be honest with you the most recent one uh, this was uh before you know the COVID thing when the theaters still open um was uh i went to go see joker oh, and yeah. i and I thought that, first of all, when I heard Joaquin was going to be Joker, I knew that he was capable, more than capable of doing it. I knew it because I've seen his other work. I've seen him on her, Spike Jones, you know, her. And I've seen, obviously, you know, the, the big budget, the gladiator and other stuff. But I've seen him in, in The Master. He can do it. I just oh, knew yeah. he could do it. Uh, but when I saw that film, first of all, that film, the writing is so lean, you know, mm -hmm. It's like everything is that needs to be there is progressing the story. There's not a wasted scene. There's not a wasted dialogue. Everything is where it needs to be, which is what I love because a lot of films, it, for some reason, people think, well, if I add like a ton of profanity, this is really going to nail the point. You know, if I keep saying, like, oh, you mother ever, you know, I don't, that, to me, that's like kind of juvenile, you know, that kind mm -hmm. of writing. But I can tell that the writer, the director, you know, he, cut the fat a lot and not to mention uh he knew what he wanted to do and actually the movie did disturb me not just because of the the what you saw the the, the fact that the violence was so strong because you know the violence was so limited i think there was yeah. only maybe two or maybe three times where you saw a very violent act but because it was so limited it really, you know, it was like, it really uh, was, was a, a, a spotlight was put on these scenes. And, um, but not only that, that's really, of course, that disturbed me, but the really disturbing part was sitting in the audience and noticing that there were certain people that I was sitting with that were actually taking a, kind of like a joy in seeing the violence. Yeah, that was actually, I think Matt and I talked about this on our episode when we reviewed yeah. it last year. Yeah. Uh, both of us had similar experiences where uh, the moments where I was just horrified. Yeah. I mm -hmm. had, there were audience members laughing. Yes. Yeah, yeah that happened that, to me. Yeah. yeah, I was I was very taken aback by that as, as yeah. well. And, yeah, and, and I think part of that's due to just being uncomfortable. May, I think maybe know, people being laughing because I mean, it's just so uncomfortable. <laughs> maybe, but... I mean, I don't do that. I, I usually, you know, if I see something disturbing, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't do that. I mean, but, you know, maybe that's what it was, but um, I just thought that did bother me. The, the reaction of the, some of these audience members, that bothered me a lot. What's said, interesting yeah. is listening to the um, commentary on that film from Todd Phillips. Oh, I got to hear it. Yeah, It's really good. If you own the movie, the, the, the audio commentary is pretty good. And it also sort of sheds a light on sort of he was just sort of there. Like the, the main driving force was Joaquin. Yes. So there were two really big creative forces on that. And sort right. of Todd Phillips, and he sort of says this, and you can kind of see it too. Right. Where he sort of took a back seat and just sort of tried to keep the focus on the story. Right. Yes. Um, yes. That was sort of his big thing. But like he sort of would... Uh, let Joaquin make a lot of the choices in the movie, but also right. um, the 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 composer. Yes, uh, yes, she, yes. She she did a lot of it, but he said that there are moments where he sort of addresses criticisms and things like that, and he's like, 
like you can take it this way he's like i really like to see what people think because like he kind of sees the movie as like a rorschach test right about how they how people right. react to the things that he shows them right and it's it's not a it's not a perfect movie by any stretch of the means but i do think right. that it's I, I do think it deserves the credit that it gets as far as like you said a lean story that stays focused it could go in a lot of different directions but it, it does it does keep the focus really well and i really respect that um yeah, yeah. and i kind of hope they don't make a sequel i just sort yeah of like what it I, is. I i don't i don't think they should touch it because there are i i have a pretty good sense about when i'm watching a movie i can sense very early within the first five minutes i can tell okay this is going to work. Mm. This movie is going to work. And I could tell you, when I went to go see Batman Begins, and there was a scene where Bruce Wayne is uh, sparring with the sword with uh, Rachel Gould on the ice. And in the background, you see the big mountains, the glaciers, and they're sparring on the ice. At that moment, I relax because it is going to work. Yeah. This movie is going to work. It's because, you know, before that time, Batman was destroyed. I mean, we had Batman and Robin, <laughs> and I told my friend, oh, I don't want to go see Batman. Like, no, 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 this is different. This is the guy who did Memento. What's that? Listen, watch the movie. It's, this is a good, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this guy, we're going to trust him. He's going to really do a good job. But I knew it when I saw that scene. Or when you see, like, uh, you know, Mad Max Fury Road. It's like, yeah. I just knew. It's like, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Or when I went to go see Drive, I knew. Mm. I said, okay, we have, I said, I don't know what I'm watching but this is working whatever this is this is this is an instant classic i just know i can feel it it's like i'm watching something a classic that, that was how it was for another constant thing that i bring up on here is um uh, was john wick for me is that i got i think oh, for I got, john wick yeah. yeah john wick yeah i i, I think you i felt got it to, i felt it like as soon as um right as soon as he like i kind of got into the emotions of it all but like when I, I, I hit that spot where I'm like, no, this is going to be the, one of the greatest it's, movies I've ever seen right. was yes. when, when John yeah. Wick grabbed the, has the, the sledgehammer and he's walking down the stairs and they're talking about <laughs> him being the Baba Yaga and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this movie's right. a masterpiece. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's going to be right. one of the greatest things in the world. Isn't that funny? Yeah. 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 And, and, and so when, and I, and I, I have a good sense about that. I, 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 I go watch a movie uh, but so let me say this because now that we talked about the the movies that you, you got guys like you got to tell me the movie that you thought was absolutely terrible because that's like the other, <laughs> the other spectrum and that's like even more fun right so i think, so Noah, I think uh, matt and i know the wait, matt and i yeah. probably have the same answer because it's been a, okay a give me on the podcast okay give me one yeah give me one. Oh, go ahead matt is it uh is it a comics adaptation yeah you know it's oh one the 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 last days of american crime yeah yeah <laughs> the what's it called the last days of what a la it's it. the last days of american crime it was a uh it was a three issue series by rick remender um and it was really great it had a high concept uh it had characters right. that, that it had a great car chase scene very similar to what you have in your comic right and they yeah. <laughs> so they they were very faithful to the to the book until about Five maybe minutes. like yeah and then uh. they just then they just did silly things where they just sort of 
you know people were people were being hit by by mac trucks that were just like sneaking up on them and then like you, you know you you don't hear this big mac truck barreling at you and then all of a sudden it's it's there it's like right. you know how does how does that kind of stuff work it just it just kept taking you out right. of the movie um so yeah we we right. we have uh thoroughly destroyed that movie oh yeah it's awful <laughs> film awful movie is it really how bad could it be well i guess I'll, it's I'll it will, you guys. it's if you want to watch it it's on netflix but it's two and a half right. hours long okay yeah. that's another the, thing. A much more a much more enjoyable wow. uh a much more enjoyable time would to be just to read the comic oh yeah much more enjoyable and you okay. probably actually read it the comic in less time than it would take to watch the crappy movie right to watch it right yeah huh Okay. Yeah. No, you dig the comic. Judging by your sensibilities and stuff, I think you dig the comic. The comic book. Yeah. Okay. So, what about you, though? uh, Yeah. Yeah. How about you? A movie that you don't like? Um. Well, first of all, there's like different levels. There are movies that are just like there's nothing that you can like, not a memorable scene, not even conversation that you can take away because it's just so free terrible like there's just mm-hmm. nothing to say and then you have ones that are like well yeah this didn't work but i could see there was something there maybe you could have you could have fixed it somehow but i remember the, <laughs> this this kind of might be polarizing but i remember when i went to go see um that uh the last jedi when i went to see the last jedi and i went to the theater it was, you know, because we everybody's anticipating. By the way, Force Awakens, I thought it was a commercial, of course, Disney. <laughs> but but I must say that it was actually entertaining. And I, and I understood what it was trying to do, which is reintroduce this world into a younger audience. So I got that. And it was, it was signified with the R2 unit and the, and the whatever, the BB-8 together, putting a map and, you know, together. They, I get that part. There were things that didn't make sense. I was like, why is Ray, how did she beat Cap? You know, I didn't get that. But then I said, well, maybe they're going to explain that in the second movie. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, this doesn't make sense, but they're going to explain it, I'm thinking. Then I go see the last, was it the last chapter? Was the last chapter, that was the second one, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Right. Uh, okay. And then I went to go see that. And I remember sitting in the theater. As soon as that movie starts, you hear some stupid joke that pulled down. What is it? Poe does, you know, over the freaking intercom or something about this some mama joke or something. When he <laughs> said that, I was like, I looked at my friend in the dark theater. I was like, what is this? I mean, what, what is this? And then suddenly things were like not making sense. Like, how do you drop a bomb mm-hmm. in space? How does that work? Like, <laughs> and I didn't see any propulsion. I didn't see anything propelling. It just, and then I'm like, it's just what the, the worst one was like Leia flying. I said, okay, that's it. I, I, it's over for me. <laughs> she's freaking mar- She's flying like Superman. I said, what is going on? What is this? <laughs> and, and then the casino thing, I was like, what the, what does this have to do with anything? You know? And I'm like, and then like the, there's so many scenes like that where I'm like, what? And of course the movie ends. And I swear to you, there's this little kid with like a broomstick or something and then the broomstick like kind of like floats towards him and i thought my eyes were playing tricks and i said no the broom did not just fly like something happened it wasn't my friend was like no that's what happened and it looked like a you ever see those target commercials like for you know it looked like a star wars uh last jedi figures now available at target because there's like mm-hmm. a little star that flies across the 
screen and a little boy's looking up and like, yeah, this is a Target commercial. I mean, might as well just put Target there. Star Wars available at Target. And the movie ends and everybody's like looking at each other like, what the hell was that? I mean, <laughs> just like, what is this? What the hell? And of course, and you know, and I know the internet, you go to YouTube, there's like these videos of like people like, what the, this is horrible, you know? So that was one of the infuriating because it's like you i mean what did they do to luke skywalker my god i mean we you know we never got to see han leia and, and together the, the holy yeah. trinity which is what we always wanted that's why I, that's why i saw the, the first movie i said yeah. finally we get to see the original three never happened luke skywalker he just disappeared like he just meditated so hard that he just died <laughs> it's like that's it that's <laughs> is that how you're gonna take out Luke Skywalker like that? What? What is this? You know, it's like, no, you shouldn't do that. What are you doing? You know, yeah. Ray, you know, whatever. Anyway, there's so many videos about that, but <laughs> you can hear my voice. It was like really insane. Like it was just anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's anyway, it's understandable. Know. We can we you know maybe we, you like it. I, don't know. I love it, but uh, I don't. I won't. <laughs> but I, I I never I never <laughs> like I. I will never though. Let me tell you though. Like I, I love, yeah. I, I have, but part of it is that like I have really good memories going and seeing uh, the most recent trilogy. Uh, so my, okay. my now wife, when we, when Force Awakens came out, it was our first, it was my first Christmas with my then girlfriend, now wife. And okay. we were, right. we were, we were, we were Star Wars fans before we dated Right. But when that came around, that was something that was so big for us. And it, it, I have such good memories going to see that. We love Force Awakens right. so much. Uh, same with Rogue One. We were in a very special place, like right. Rogue One, Last Jedi. We actually, so like every every Star Wars film sort of coincided, except for Solo. Um, every one of them <laughs> coincided with a special place in my relationship with my now wife. So uh, I think uh, my love of those films is sort of shrouded in memory. Um, even even the now, like Rise of Skywalker, uh, we mm -hmm. saw it um, around Christmas time when uh, me and my wife were about to move into our new house, and that was a big right. milestone for us. And that was yeah. So it, it's right. it's always sort of, uh, but so that's that's the only compliments I can really give without like. <laughs> feeling guilty like i don't feel good defending the sequel trilogy um at all i mean it it's it, uh, and but just to say this i mean even with the with the final one that uh jj put together i mean there were things there that i thought little things that i thought like you know uh, that little creature the, the effects i thought were great you know babu yeah. frick i thought wow this is a this is oh, a cool yeah. little thing babu frick was cool but overall it's like the end of that movie. It's like she's just like, uh, "What's your name?" I'm like, "Don't, don't say, don't, don't, don't give me that." Oh, I'm Ray. Don't say it. <laughs> I'm a Ray Scott. I'm like, "Come on, we know you're not. You're freaking powerful. What are you talking about? You have the X-wing. You got the saber. You have his house. I mean, what are you talking about? You're Palpatine. You know, that made absolutely no sense to me. And I was like, I'm done." I mean, it's over. I mean, what's the point? So I was like, forget this. However, I do salute the Mandalorian. I do salute oh, yeah. that. I think everyone does. I, I do salute that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do salute. And that feels like vintage Star Wars to me. 
It does. Oh, yeah. It feels like that old school Star Wars. So not every episode was, you know, there was a few duds there, but overall it was, it was good. And I, you know, so, but, uh, but yeah, that was, but I'm glad. I mean, Hey man, if you had a, I had terrible memories of those movies, but if you, yeah. <laughs> if you had a great you know, memories, had... thank God. You know. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a big thing. And I think Matt, it's sort of similar for you too, right? Cause you've sort of been able to watch these movies through your, your kids. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the my son's birthday is in december and generally the uh, you know a, a star wars movie would come out and it was a it was a thing where we would take him out of school early on his birthday and, and go like midday and, and see star wars um but i certainly right. i agree with a lot of the stuff you know the first one was sort of like uh you know a, a reboot and a wink and a nod to all of like the fans mm-hmm. uh you know we're we're giving you all the things that you're comfortable with that you really liked. And we're, you know, we're doing that again. <laughs> two was like, two was like, or the last Jedi was sort of like, Oh, you know, new director, I'm going to take all those things away. And then the third one was like, I'm trying to put all these pieces back together uh, to give right. you, to give you all the things that you're comfortable with. Uh, but we joke, no, and I oh. joke that uh, the lady that she, uh, she says, "I'm I'm Ray Skywalker too." That's the that's the only lady R- in real. the uh, in the galaxy who knows where the uh, those those lightsabers are buried. Yeah. So we yeah. want to write we want to write a story where yeah. she uh, she goes out to the cantina and has a little too much to drink and tells everybody about the <laughs> about the girl she saw burying yeah. uh, lightsabers out by the uh, the old Skywalker yeah. moisture farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah. probably worth yeah, something. That would be- <laughs> Probably, yeah, but um, yeah, that was that was like, like I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but you know, it was it was a uh, it, it was interesting. I mean, it, it was uh, yeah, it, it was it was kind of crazy. Um, yeah, but, I don't get uh, like I don't get it. I like I I, I get like I, I really I actually I complain about them almost as much as I compliment them, and uh, but I still find myself returning to them all the time. Like I, I like I and and and, I don't know what it is. and let me just make it. And let me just make a note. I'm I would not consider myself a Star Wars like a huge Star Wars fan. I really wasn't. You know, I I, I remember growing up, they had released those special editions, and I went to go see them, and I was like, I don't get what's the big deal. I mean, I don't get it. Like I saw <laughs> the New Hope, I was like, what's the? I mean, what is this? You know, Empire. I was like, okay. So I didn't get it. I like the designs and everything. As those movies, I I had a much bigger appreciation when I got older and I went back and I saw a new hope and I understood what culturally what's how significant it was. I mean, imagine in, in the cinemas at that time, how I many have you movie like the freaking French connection and exorcist and, you know, Vietnam movies and everybody's a little depressed and gangster films. Suddenly Star Wars comes out and it's like this optimism and fun science fiction mm. talking about spirituality the hero's journey it was very optimistic very hopeful imaginative uh pushing technology you know to places it's never been at the time i get it it's like wow it's like this is refreshing so i understand and i really like that the new hope and i thought empire was a was a much more sophisticated version of star wars much more sophisticated maybe too sophisticated you know at the time but um it's funny. It's like it, it's in the very not very often. Uh, maybe you guys uh, would agree or disagree. Or do you get the first uh, story or the first movie? Does a sequel kind of live up to the to the original? I mean, I could on my hands. I could think of you know Terminator two, even though they're both good. You know, one and two. Uh, 
I, I don't know about aliens because I'm never like you know I thought the first one was good and the second one I don't think and but I think Evil Dead 2 I don't know if you've seen that movie. oh yeah that, uh, <laughs> yeah that was like comp- I mean you know, it's just like it's just completely like you know and, I'm and glad you, you at- went for Evil Dead 2 before you said Godfather Part 2 Oh um, no no yeah <laughs> not because I not because I hate Godfather Part Two it's just really yeah. refreshing that you're sort of like you bring up uh, you bring up Terminator Two and then you're like yeah. and then Evil Dead Two and I'm like yes I agree yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and I mean Army of Darkness uh, I liked about fifty percent of that movie I think Sam Raimi went a little just too far with the the slapstick was just just too much for me you know but. Um, but I thought the, the evil Dead too, it really was like, yeah, I mean, e- even in like the, the comic that I did, like the, there's a scene where, uh, there's this little kind of eyeball thing goes into this yeah. girl's head. That's yeah. evil dead. That's evil dead. Cause that's what I'm thinking. You know, the, the zombies scream, ah, turn around. It's kind of comical. So not I to like get that. us back off track to get us back on track, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm about, yeah, yeah. But I was going to ask actually about that, like how much, um, how much was like how much were the monsters sort of lovecraftian inspired and alien inspired and stuff like that 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 sort of come out of the oh uh, yeah the comic. you you could de- you could definitely see uh, and i i didn't really intend that but i guess it just kind of came out was like those wall breaker creatures they look like kind of face hugger looking things, yeah right? they do but but my intention was i don't know if you ever played with these like kind of or maybe like you have uh, kids that they play with these kind of toys that you, they're very like these squishy kind of things where you can squeeze them and squeeze them, but they never pop. It's like these kind of gelatin type of toys or something. Mm-hmm. And my thing was like, these creatures are kind of like that, which just makes them so dangerous. They're, they're, they're not really physically something you can grab and they kind of hold their solidity. When you grab them, they, they're kind of mushy in a weird way. Of course they can, kind of puff up and they get these spikes that come out of them, mm-hmm. you know, which uh, is kind of disgusting. But that's kind of the, 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 the mindset I had, like, well, these things are kind of squishy. They're kind of mushy. They're kind of like, you know, kind of tentacle squid like looking things, but then they have like these little kind of ugly looking spider eyes and I don't know, some freaking hideous looking tarantula face or something. But, you know, that's kind of what I thought about. Um, in doing those in doing those uh, creatures and I, I wanted a whole you know bunch of oh by the way that car it, in the story I wanted a, I wanted a car chase I said I want a car chase because I, I like good car chase in the movie you know so you know like transporter French connection whatever I like a good car chase and of course I know it's going to be a pain in the ass to draw that I knew that going in and I said yeah it's going to hurt let's do it. It's going to suck, but let's do it because this is important. You know, let me see how far I can go. And I knew that I wanted to use a specific car. And the car that I used was a car called Mercedes-Benz 300 SL. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm a car guy, but I wanted to look for a car that had a vintage look that was a specific look. And I tried different things. I I first, I tried drawing like a Ferrari. I said, no, this is a little, the car is like really big and it's, I don't know. It's something about it. And then I said, okay, how about like a, you know, Dodge Viper again, too, too, too much, something a little bit smoother with more curves, classic, you know, kind of look. And I just came across this thing. They call it the goal wing and the car. Um, I had to drive from the side. I had to drive from the back, from the front. 
above, you know, it was really a pain in the ass. And I didn't have a, a you know, later on, you know, you guys, you wisen up. You're like, why didn't I buy a freaking toy? Why didn't I, you know, I don't know. I was, a, I was an idiot, but I, I did a lot of things. I made a, a lot of mistakes and I, I was like, well, you made the mistake. You got to fix it. I mean, and, you know, uh, things like dialogue, like the lettering, it's like you, you mess up like an O. And the whole thing, it's like, why? Well, if I put white out here, because it's all by hand, it's not Photoshop. If I put white out, I can't go over this. I have to do the whole balloon all over again. So I do the whole balloon. And it's like, well, it's not as good as the first one. Do it again. So you, <laughs> you, you do the, you do the uh, what do they call it? The Ames lettering guide. Do it again until you get it right. And I had like word balloons that were like all over my desk with the same dialogue. And I had to pick the right, the one that I felt, okay, this is at least as good as it's going to get. It's nine o'clock. Uh, I got to move on. So you get that one. And then we take that. Um, I used to, I used to use rubber cement, but I don't use that because it, it dries up and then the, the thing starts falling apart. And so I ended up using like this self-adhesive kind of tape to, you know, there were entire panels that I would redraw, cut them out and then paste them onto the original. It's completely old school, you know, like no Photoshop, barely any Photoshop. That's awesome. And uh, be yeah, because, because I, because I just, I want it to be hard. I mean, that's <laughs> now I learned, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Like that's what I learned from this one. There are ways where you could cut on time. You could have not made those mistakes, but you know, that's just the way I learned. I have to just make this stupid mistake. And then I have to go, I have to take a breath and say, yeah, I really messed that up. Uh, I got to fix this now. So just relax. You messed it up. You're going to probably do it again. And just fix it. Find a way. Take your time and fix it. So it, it was like brutal, man. It was like, oh god, it was. Oh, <laughs> it was like it was horrible. But I'm glad I did. And thank God, you know, talking to Drew, uh, it's out digitally, so you guys, you know, could, could read it. Because again, this thing has been kind of like kicking around. I mean, the only people that saw this was uh, going to conventions and people standing behind me. I showed it. To, you know, the artist uh, Kim. Kim Jong-gi, right? The, oh, yeah. yeah. Illustrator that he does. I went to Korea and I showed him the stuff. Wow. And he even had a translator and we were having a conversation. There was a huge line of people. And I actually have one of his books he drew uh, in my book. And he drew one of the, one, he drew one of the cars, like, wow. but his way. Because he was making suggestions like, oh, maybe next time, you know, you ink it like this. And he, he drew like a face that I drew, but in his way. And I have the drawing. Wow. And uh, yeah, and it was cool because he took, he was really cool. I actually bumped into him twice. The first time was the New York Comic Con. I was skateboarding outside and I fell and the skateboard flew and he caught it outside and he was <laughs> he gave it to me. Oh, this is yours. And the second time was like maybe three years later. I was in Korea. I heard there was a con. I show up there. There was a huge line and I asked his manager, can I have some pages? Can I show him? He's like, yeah. And so he's there. The translator was there and we had a, like a five, maybe 10 minute conversation with the translator. He was really cool. Like just talking about inking and how to approach it. And it was awesome. I shook his hand and uh, he gave me his drawing. The manager's like, oh, you gave me a drawing. I'm like, well, he gave it to me. I'm not going to give it to you. So, so he gave <laughs> me the thing. And then I left and, and it was cool, man. It was like really, really cool. So but now really finally, awesome. like, you know, it, it, it's out, you know, so you guys can like, cause that's all I really want. I mean, what's the point of making something when and, and nobody sees it? Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, what's the point? 
Yeah. So, and I know that you guys are doing, you guys are doing a thing called Dino. Is it Dino? Uh, is it Thrashers? No. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, okay. the uh, artist on that. I got to see it. Oh, I, I, I got to see it because, yeah, because you guys, I know uh, you're in the Kickstarter, right? Don't, yep, for another that, couple right? couple more days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I really like, I really like that you guys are doing that because, you know, again, I'm not, I'm kind of new to the, the, the indie comics kind of community. So, but I, I like that because it's like, you know, I mean, I mean, it's cool to do your own thing. It's like, that's kind of like, when I look at your book, like, I think of like, it's amazing. You never really know what's going to land because I always feel like you look at something like the, the, the uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, like the, the, the Ninja Turtles. It's like, you look at that stuff and it's like, you could just see it's all about the concept, the idea. Uh, there's something there. It's like brewing. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Like people basically like, you know what, let's just do our own thing. Let's just do it. Like, let's do it. Let's put it out there. And uh, definitely, I got to check out that Dino Thrasher. I got to I gotta check it out. I mean, so. Everyone, <laughs> check out, every listener out. should. It's yeah, still I, I live agree. on yeah. Kickstarter. Yes. Yeah. We so have yes. stretch goals we'll check for it out. the last we'll couple out. of days. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I yes. would say how, also. How long is it going to go on for? Uh, yeah, at the time of this recording, um, we it, it's the 29th of uh, October. We'll be on for about two more days. We, we finish up on Halloween. Okay. Okay. Great. But but I will say, Wall Breakers is on Comixology and not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Only ninety nine cents, which is awesome. Yeah. You're getting a steal for this comic. Like that is, it's almost offensive how cheap it is. It's like it's (laughs) it's it's such a good comic. Yeah, I would. I I wanted more than that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I want. I wanted it to be. because maybe i'm old school but i i really feel that comics that you know at least me growing up it was all about um affordability like mm-hmm. you know this is me growing up going to the comic shop the books were like 125 you know me growing up, 125 you know uh 150 that's what i remember some of them were 99 cents and to me that the price was right it's like come on what are you gonna do a dollar i mean come on you, you go into the store you got five yeah. bucks five books you're out it's you know so that's kind of what i did and luckily thank god drew kind of agreed he's like yeah let's do it lining x I said, yeah, let's do it let's do it so yeah so i'm glad about that but um yeah so I, i'm happy i'm happy it kind of worked out so so i'm assuming that the the easiest way to, to to find the book is just to sort of use the uh the the search function in comiXology right you just go in you, you type in type in wall yeah. breakers and it pops up right you can type in wall breakers yes or you can go to i believe uh, sonyworks.com it's listed there uh mm-hmm. you can check it out there and it's available uh yeah comiXology and i think drive through comics and uh, i think kindle i think you're trying to do google plays another one so all the information is there uh on uh, Drew's website, Snowy Works. Yeah, nice. Well, we're Very gonna nice. have we're gonna have links to that in the in the show notes. 
Um, you had mentioned Thank that you. Uh, this was, you know, this was sort of like a labor of love. You know, you made a lot, you, you did a lot of things sort of the old school, the, the hard way. You made a lot of mistakes yeah. and, and yeah. You, you had that right mindset of, uh, you know, I'm going to do this. I might need to fix it, but I'm, I'm going to fix it. Um, so we, we learned a lot about this project. Is there anything that you're looking to, to do in the future? And, and if you do do it in the future, are you going to mm -hmm. sort of maintain this sort of style? Or are you going to sort of take lessons learned and, and try to, yeah. to do things in, in a different way? Yeah, I have something on my uh, uh, table right now that um, it's about it's it's basically the script is already written. It's uh, already kind of like uh, thumbnailed out. So a lot of the pages are already uh, you know, have like blue pencil on there. So all the things are there. I mean, there has to be a lot of modification, but this one, it's going to be more traditional, like a real comic book because Wallbreaker was a hybrid of my love of cinema mm -hmm. and my love of old school comics together, like the European stuff, EC comic stuff with these uh, kind of like action B movie, sci-fi thriller kind of, all into one. That's what Wallbreakers really was. It was all those kind of mashups. This one is going to be more traditional American, uh, I would say superhero comics, but it's going to have my little kind of Jorge thing where it's going to be a little sci-fi, a little tech stuff in there, you know? So it's, it's, it's not like, you know, like uh, golden age superhero, but it's more traditional. It's it's designed to be a comic book. It's not like I'm you know I'm storyboarding. No, it's it is a comic. So that's kind of and it's going to be a different style. It's going to be simpler. It's going to be bolder. It's going to be uh, cleaner, heavier lines. Uh, the dialogue, more dialogue, more dialogue, and um, it's just going to be more traditional superhero kind of thing. But definitely cleaner, bolder, heavier line work uh more shadow stuff like that so yeah awesome I'm, I'm excited for that uh that one as well um just just you know just hearing the the, yeah. the passion in your voice talking about it uh is, is is very exciting uh noah um do you have any any questions and let's uh let's not uh let's not uh bring up uh your your, your feelings on Watchmen. how here could on the you layout. say that about Watchmen? <laughs> no um the uh <laughs> No, I, no, it's actually no, no more. I don't have any questions for this time around, but I really hope you'll come back right. and talk about your next comic and or, or anything that you'd want like yeah. to talk about. We really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, thanks for your time and your, yeah. your, your overflow of information. It's really great to sort of talk about things and uh, and sort of get into your craft and, and also your love of art in general. It was awesome. Awesome. So, Jorge, yeah. is there any place? It was fun. Uh, it was fun. I, yeah, yeah. No, I just wanted to give you yeah, a right, chance right. on the on the way out. Um, is there any place that's the the best place to mm -hmm. follow you online? Like any social media you want folks uh, to know so they can they can see some artwork uh, here on this and then and the upcoming yes, project. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything else that's coming up? I just uh, I usually look at uh, my Instagram, which is uh, simpler bolder. So it's just simpler, you know, like S I M P L. E-R and Boulder, not like The Rock, like text, you know, B-O-L-D-E-R, Simpler Boulder. You can go on Instagram and there I'll be posting. You see a bunch of stuff, my art, and I'll just post like, you know, uh, updates and you see, you know, Wallbreakers. Uh, the review is there if you guys want to check out the review, whoever has read it. 
And um, yeah, so they can check me out there pretty much. Cool. We'll, we'll put a link uh, to that and also a, a link to uh, a place to purchase this online in, in our show notes to make it as easy as possible for folks to find it. Thank you. Thank you. And shout out to Drew from Snowy Works because he, he, he set it up, you know, at this interview too. So yeah. uh, shout out to him. I think he, want, he wanted to join, but he couldn't. But uh, shout out to him. Yeah, he, he, it's been a lot of fun working with him. And uh, so you could, you know, go to Snowy Works, check out all his other books. He has a ton of books there, including mine. And that's that. And of course, uh, you guys should back Dino Thrashers, right? Because I'm, I'm going <laughs> to back. I'm going to check it out myself. It's only two days left, right? Only two correct, left. correct. Yeah. And uh, okay, while you're on, so, no, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, go ahead, go. Ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say while you while you're on Snowy Works, <laughs> if you want to check out uh, our Extinction, uh, that's in uh, Tales of Future Sci-Fi Volume Four. Uh, that's got uh, that's uh, got yes. some of, that's got right. some of Noah's art in it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Drew's okay. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's great. He's great. Yeah. All right. Cool. So uh, I'd like to thank you, Jorge, for for being on, and you you have the 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 open invite to, to come back. Um, for anybody listening, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on social right. media at Twitter at Construct Com Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. We talked about this a little earlier, but uh, we're going to have a link to Dino Thrashers. Uh, you had a limited time to back that, uh, less than 48 hours now. Um, but also, if you want to check out another uh, story that Noah and I are involved in, check out the Great Commandment Anthology. Um, Noah and I co-wrote a story called Tablets. Uh, we like to pitch that as uh, they live, but instead of uh, sunglasses, uh, it's it's iPads, um, and that's uh, part of that anthology. So we'll have a link to that as well. Um, but uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice, be safe, and uh, go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>